Very good. Well, welcome everybody again. If you have a Bible, turn into the Gospel of Luke chapter 11. As you know, we are in this series called Legacy. And the whole idea of this series, just to refresh ourselves, is to... How do we live our life in a way that has impact? How do we live our life in a way that has generational impact? And so we're in this series where we're going to break through the gospel of of Luke. And so just again, welcome everybody. For those of you tuning in online, maybe uh, for those of you who have, I've been getting texts. Have you guys been getting texts from friends out of the area asking and we're being concerned about being on hurricane watch? You know, so far we're good. So uh, thank you for your concern. But here in Luke chapter 11, we're going to read a story, an encounter that Jesus has with some of his disciples, his closest friends. And it's going to be familiar to you. And we're just going to unpack it and then see what we can apply in our, in our life together. So Luke chapter 11, I'm going to say a quick prayer here once I find it, and then we'll, we'll dive in. So join me for a prayer. Father, again, we gather together to, to worship you, to be influenced and impacted by you. And we want to do that through the study of your Bible, your word. And so Father, as we unpack a story from your son's life, Jesus, while he was here on earth, I pray that you would help me to speak in a way that can be a conduit through which you can work to poke those of us here and tuning online and listening to be attentive to your, your spirit's nudge. So we're in a position of receptivity and we give you thanks in advance for how you're going to shape us. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody said, amen. All right, good. Luke chapter 11. Picture the scene in your mind. I'm going to start reading at verse 1. Once Jesus was in a certain place praying, and as he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. Now, let's stop there for a second. We've talked about this in the past. In, in biblical days, if you were a, a teacher or a Bible scholar, typically you would have people, students come to you and say, would you mentor me? And we still do that uh, in, in our modern day. I don't know if you've ever, ever had anybody come to you and say, would you mentor me? And, and by the way, the right, the, question, the right answer to that question is, what do you want to be mentored in? Because a lot of times people will come to you and you may not be the best person to mentor them, I've learned. And so a lot of times if people come to me and say, hey, Mike, will you mentor me? I'll go, what do you want to be mentored in? Well, there's three things. And they may say this, this, and this. And I could go, well, of those three, one of those I can help you with, but somebody else might be able to help you with the other two, right? So in this day, Jesus, it's not uncommon for them to go to Jesus or to John the Baptist or whoever. And much like you guys come on a Sunday morning and say, Pastor, what do you got for us today, right? Uh, what, what do you got? I hope you got something good. Um, teach us, te- they're saying Jesus teaches to pray. In verse two. So Jesus says, this is how you should pray. What, what doesn't he say? This isn't what you should pray, but he said this is how you should pray. So he's given us an example, and he gives us what we know as the Lord's Prayer, and this is the modern version of it. Father, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. Give us each day the food we need, and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us, and don't lead us don't let us yield to temptation. So most of us know it is our Father in heaven, holy is your name, right? Hallowed be your name. May your kingdom come, may your will be done, right? Here on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread 
And forgive us our sins, right? Our trespasses, even as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil or the evil one. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. That's the Lord's prayer. That, this is just a modern day version where Jesus is basically saying, when you go to the Father, say, God, I invite you to be your world to be in my world, right? Give me the, today the food I need. Forgive my sins. Help me to forgive those who sin against me and then protect me from evil. So that's basically the gist of the Lord's Prayer. But then Jesus says, notice this in verse 5, teaching them more about prayer, he uses story. So now he's digging in. He's going a little bit deeper and he tells them this story pictured in your mind. He says, suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You said to him, a friend of mine has just arrived from a visit and I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, don't bother me, the door is locked for the night and my family and I are in bed, I can't help you. Now, it's important for us just to, from a context perspective, in, in biblical days, it wasn't uncommon for people to travel at night. And so the story that Jesus is telling, people are going to instantly get, because during the heat of the day, it was hot, thus the heat of the day, and so they would travel at night. And so Jesus says, you have this guy show up at your house late at night, which people would have understand instantly and he goes to a friend and in those days most of their homes were maybe one or two bedrooms and oftentimes they would have a, a kind of a, a eating place or a kitchen area and then they would have a room that was reserved for people sleeping and in the middle of the room there would be a, maybe a little stove or something a heating stove to keep people uh uh, you know, warm at night and all the family and sometimes the animals, they would all kind of like a, a puzzle piece begin to, you know, lay around like sardines. You ever play that game sardines where you kind of crawl next to each other and you're all around this, this fire pit. And so that's what Jesus, this image that Jesus is, is, is making. And so by the time you get everybody kind of situated and, ah, oh, mom, I, his feet are touching me, we'll move. And, you know, by the time everybody, the family gets situated, nobody wants to really get up and move because you got to step over people or right so that's the scene here so Jesus says you have a friend come to your house he's asking for some food it's late at night which is not atypical you don't have the food so you go to your neighbor but because the whole family's already kind of situated in the in ready laying down for bed your friend says no I don't want to I don't want to help you because I don't want to disturb everybody okay so that's the look verse eight but Jesus says I tell you this Though he won't do it for a friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. And you get that, right? Finally, after a while, you just go, okay, enough already. I'll help you. Stop bothering me. And you get up. That's what Jesus says. Now, here's the key. Verse 9. And so Jesus says, I tell you this. Keep on asking and you will receive what you ask. Again, he's teaching them about prayer. Keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for in prayer. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks the door, will be opened. You fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. 
So, Jesus says, if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And this is the key here. Jesus teaches how to pray. We know that Jesus often withdrew to lonely places to pray. If you lead, we early, studied earlier in Luke chapter 5 verse 16, where it says that Jesus often withdrew to out of the way places to pray. So here is in this context, Jesus has once again returned from this time of, of, of praying and, and he's saying not this isn't what you should pray, but rather he says this is how you should pray. And in verse 13, Jesus instructs us that in the same way a father knows how to give good gifts to his children, our heavenly father knows how to give the best gift to his children, which is what? The Holy Spirit. So write this down, point number one in your app notes. The big ask in prayer always is for more, what? Holy Spirit. The big ask in prayer is always for more, to ask for more Holy Spirit. You know, one of the habits that we practice almost weekly here in Palm Harvest, and we did so this morning after our second song, was to pause in our service to say a prayer, right? And in our prayer, we actually did the very two things that I want to encourage you to, to write down here in letter A and, and letter B of your notes. When you're asking God for his Holy Spirit, be quick to ask for these two things. Less, letter A, more of you, less of me. More of you, God, less of me. And letter B, fill me to overflowing. Fill me to overflowing. More of you, less of me. Fill me up to overflowing. Why? Because the big ask in prayer is always for more Holy Spirit. You know, Jesus teaches that a loving father will not give to his hungry son or daughter a snake when they ask him for a fish. Nor will he give them a scorpion when they ask him for an egg. Jesus said if a sinful man, a sinful dad, if sinful people know how to give good gifts to their children, how much more so will our heavenly father give us the best gift of all, which is what again? His Holy Spirit. The best, the big ask in prayer always is for more Holy Spirit. Why? Why? Well, according to Galatians chapter 5 in the Bible, the Holy Spirit is the one who fuels transformation. Life transformation. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, we read that the Holy Spirit brings freedom into arenas where we are afflicted or enslaved. And so brothers and sisters, if you are addicted to something or you are enslaved to something and, or maybe you have a loved one who is, there is benefit in going to a treatment center. Going to treatment centers are helpful, but the ultimate source for personal healing and life victory is God's Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the secret sauce. When you want to see change in a situation, whether it be at work, 
or in a relationship, you need to ask the Holy Spirit to intervene and engage. You know, brothers and sisters, evaluate yourself. Are you asking God the Father for the Holy Spirit? And if not, will you consider doing so? Why? Now, point number two in your notes. It's because God has resources that you and I don't. God has resources that you and I don't. You know, when Jesus walked to this earth, he did many amazing things to benefit people. And prior to returning to his heavenly home, prior to ascending into heaven, Jesus promised that God the Father would send to us who? The Holy Spirit, right? Jesus wanted his disciples to know. He wanted you and me to know that the Holy Spirit is our friend. You know, in Genesis chapter 1, we can read how the Holy Spirit helped with creation. And thus, the Holy Spirit knows how to heal and regenerate things. You know, church, when you pray for people, when you pray for a friend's health, when you pray for job stuff, when you pray for a friend's marriage or maybe dating life, when you are praying about a financial decision that you need to make, are you asking God's Holy Spirit to guide you, to intervene for you? I mean, even the simplicity of coming out in the middle of a tropical storm, and we feel it, like I'm sweating right now. Anybody else sweating? We're all in good company right now. It's hot and it's muggy and I can look out the, wind, the door here and it's raining, you know. But how many of us, when we left the house today, said, God, would Holy Spirit, would you get me safe from this place to that? I didn't. I'll confess, I didn't. I should have. Because especially knowing that I would pre preach about this today, right? But are we asking the Holy Spirit to go before us, to intervene for us? In John chapter 16, we're told that the Holy Spirit leads us to salvation. And he is the one who guides us into truth. So translation, when we are making decisions in life, it is wise for us to consult and ask the Holy Spirit for his help. You know, at the end of, of today's talk, I'm going to give you a 21-day assignment. And, and if you look at the bottom of your notes, just a, you know, four-word, you'll, you'll get, you'll see it. Not, uh, hold off for a second. But because I, because I knew I was going to give you this 21-day assignment, I started practicing it. I generally know if I, if I have something that I ask from you, I, I generally get a, a jump start at it on this week. And this past week, I had this encounter with another person, which where I was confronted about something. I'm going to be very, fairly vague on this because I don't, I don't really want the specifics of the situation to be uh, fully known. But just understand that I was in an arena where this person didn't think I had the right to be. So I was in this space. This person came into my space and began to confront me about how I needed to leave the area immediately. Well, before I could even uh, really begin to argue as to why I had the right to be where I was, or at least to try to convince this person why I was where I was, suddenly, in mid-sentence, 
This guy looks at his watch. I don't know what was on his iPhone, but he looks at his watch. He looks up at me. He asks me a question, which I responded. And then without hesitation, he turns around and starts walking away. And he said, I mean, I wrote it down here. He says, you know what, Mike, you're fine. And he kept on walking. Now, three things immediately went into my head. Number one, what just happened here? Number two, how did he know my name? I didn't know his name. And then number three is, did the Holy Spirit just intervene on my behalf? As I've been asking God, and as I'm going to give you a 21-day challenge, Holy Spirit, go before me, right? And, and oftentimes, you know, Kirk and I will, will do this, and many of you do that. Oftentimes, well, you know, when you go into a situation, we say, Holy Spirit, would you go before me, right? Would you give me influence? Would you, would you change the situation? And in this moment, it's like, it's like the, the Star Wars thing with the Jedi, you know, where they go, you will let us pass. And that's what, it's like, that's what went through my mind. So that was four things, I guess, the whole, the star. Like, what just happened here? This confrontation, all of a sudden the guy just turns and said, you're fine, and walks out. I'm like, what, what just happened? And in my mind, I was thinking, is the Holy, was the Holy Spirit interceding before the Father at that moment? You know, I often wonder if, the, if God looks down and watches, say, hey, watch this. Watch what's about to happen. This is going to be really good. Watch this, everybody, right? And did God the Father suddenly influence this man to change his, his mind on my behalf? Romans 8, chapter 8, tells us that the Holy Spirit intercedes to God the Father on our behalf. And so during this conf confrontation, was there, is this intercession going on? Brothers and sisters, God has resources that you and I don't have. And so the big ask in prayer always is for what more of what? The Holy Spirit. The Bible teaches us that the Holy Spirit comforts and nurtures you know, this past week, a man shared a story with Beto and I about when his wife had to have this emergency surgery that involved her having to have her legs amputated. That's a catastrophic kind of surgery. And as his wife suddenly is on the gurney and they're wheeling her into the surgery area, the surgeon stopped, came back to him and said, I have to tell you this, there's only a 20% chance that your wife is going to survive this surgery. And as you can probably imagine, the man's heart just... So he told Beto and I, he said, I, I, I immediately followed them into the staging area. I told my wife that I loved her. I kissed her. And then I left the area to go into the waiting room. He said about 45 minutes into the waiting room as I'm just pouring my heart out to God, asking for his help and his intervention, he said that I had this huge, indescribable wave of peace just rush over me. He said, I've never experienced it prior, anything like it prior to that, that moment, nor have I since. But he said, in that moment of indescribable peace that flooded my heart, he said, I knew that my wife was going to be okay. Friends, the Bible teaches us that the Holy Spirit comforts and nurtures. And that's exactly what this man was testifying about. 
Jesus teaches us here in Luke chapter 11, verse 13, that the Holy Spirit is God the Father's highest and most important gift. And so the big ask in prayer always, always is for more what? Holy Spirit. So Morgan, as you're thinking about college and you're thinking about where should I go or what should my next step be, the first prayer is God holy Fill me up with more of your Holy Spirit. Because right? God knows where the best place for you to be. Right? As you're thinking about that job decision you're going to make. Some of you are on the, on the cusps of retirement, right? Should I do it now? Should I do it later? What are the implications going to be? The big first question is Holy Spirit. God, give me more of your Holy Spirit. You know, we often look to doctors to science for medical, physical healing. And I think we should. It's my conviction that doctors, God has wired physicians and doctors with a, a mental proclivity to understand things. I mean, to have the ability to be willing to cut into somebody's brain or into their chest and to start working on your, uh, your heart, that's a, you gotta have a special wiring for that. Right? You have to have the dexterity as a surgeon to be able to, to, be able to miss those nerves. Right? I, so, I, so hear me on this. I believe that doctors are God's hands here on this earth. That being said, there is a reason why doctors call what they do medical practice. Medical practice, right? Because the medical field is simply best guess medicine. Trial and error science. Petri dish treatment. Are you with me? Friends, I don't know what decisions you're in the process of making. I don't know what challenges you are facing. I don't know what goals that some of you have right now in your life that you're, that you're working to achieve. What I do know and what I've experienced personally, and I suspect that most of you probably have too, is that the Holy Spirit is a resource that we all need. So look at the bottom of your outline, okay? Look at this. I'm going to give you the homework assignment right now. The bottom of your outline, you will see a 21-day, what I'm calling a 21-day homework assignment that I invite you to do, and it's this. Over the course of the next 21 mornings... I challenge you to begin your day by asking God to fill you with his Holy Spirit. In fact, right now, and if you're looking at an app, that means you have a digital device. I want you to pull out your digital device and go to your calendar and for the next 21 days, make an event where there's an alarm, that it'll set an alarm at a certain time of your day. It could be in the morning when you wake up. It could be when you're in your shower. It might be when you're having your morning devotions or maybe some of you have a regular morning cup of coffee. Set your alarm where you know that for at least two minutes you're going to have uninterrupted, uninterrupted, you got the word, uninterrupted space, right, with God. That in this 21-day alarm alert, you will pause and you will do what we did earlier today. You'll take a deep breath. You'll exhale. You'll center down. 
And then you'll breathe in and say, Holy Spirit, more of you. Less of me. Inhale. More of you. Less of me. When your alarm goes off in that two-minute space, you'll then say, fill me up to overflowing. Everybody, can you do that? So set your alarm right now. Grab your phone. Do it if you haven't done so already. Because God has resources that you and I don't have. And so the big ask of every prayer is always, what Jesus say in verse 13? For more Holy Spirit, okay? Now I could probably stop here, but we have still a few minutes left as I look at the clock. So I want you to look again at verse, 11, or verse nine here. Verse nine. I'm just gonna read it again. Jesus teaches us this, <clears throat> verse nine. So, he tells, so I tell you, Jesus says, verse nine, Keep on asking, and you might receive what you ask for. Is that what he says? No, you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Okay, so now write this down, point number three in your app notes. Prayer is investigative and exploratory. Prayer is investigative and exploratory. You ask, you seek, you knock. Brothers and sisters, the big ask in prayer always is for the Holy Spirit. And, and that sounds kind of nebulous and abstract and vague, but that's intentional because you can't really define or restrict the Holy Spirit. But you know what's in your heart. You have things on your heart that you desire so deeply for yourself or maybe for a loved one. Start with the Holy Spirit and say, I just need more of your Holy Spirit. Recognizing that God has resources that you don't have. And then in the spirit of asking and seeking and knocking, in this next 21 days of, of praying this more of you, less of me, fill me up to overflowing, begin to keep your eyes and ears open to how God the Holy Spirit may work in your life. Much like what I think I experienced this past week with this man who was confronting me. In this situation, I had already been praying, more of you, less of me, lead me, right? And all of a sudden, this chain, it just changed like 180 degrees. And I went, what? I didn't do it. I think it was God for whatever reason. In the same way that this man felt this indescribable peace rush over him. Now, his wife still lost her legs. So there was still trauma that they had to work through. But she lived. 
And they're still engaged and they're living a vibrant life with just a new challenge. But the Holy Spirit showed up in his life demonstratively. Brothers and sisters, the Holy Spirit is at work. And when we invite God's Holy Spirit to indwell us and to fill us and go before us, and you step back a little bit these next 21 days and start to kind of look, don't be surprised when you see him. When things go, huh, that's kind of interesting. The Holy Spirit. If you want your life to have traction, if you want your legacy to have longevity, the Holy Spirit has got to be the leader of your band. So let's pray one final prayer, okay? Put everything down. Let's do our, start our 21-day assignment right now, okay? So again, just relax. Deep in, inhale. Hold it. Exhale. One more time. Just a deep breath and hold it. Exhale. Now on this next deep breath, say, pray the prayer, more of you. Inhale. More of you, hold it. Exhale, less of me. One more time. Inhale, more of you. Exhale, less of me. Now deep breath, say, Holy Spirit, fill me up to overflowing. Fill me up to overflowing. Jesus promised that the best thing to ask for, that our Father, our Heavenly Father, our Creator wants to give you and me is His Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit, we ask that you would fill us up to overflowing so that you might use us to be your hands and feet. So that as we step into arenas where negativity is large and in charge, that when we step into the room because of your Holy Spirit, positivity and hope steps into the room and changes the dynamic. We pray this week as we walk into places where there's discouragement and, and despair, that because of the Holy Spirit in our life and as you're going before us, that all of a sudden hope enters the room. And dynamics are drastically shifted because of your work. And so Jesus, in obedience to your teaching, to your disciples, to us today, we ask, Father, that you would give us more of your Holy Spirit, more of you, less of us. Fill us up to overflowing. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen.